what were you, what were you saying? Uh, two times. Two times. Two times you've been around that, that track. Uh, yeah. I don't know the next lyric. This, this is actually a banger. No, this is one of my favorite songs, man. Like my mom was always, she was really into this album when I was growing up. So some uh-huh. of my earliest memories were like that. Just I was in really car. into this album, believe it or not. I'm currently looking up who produced it because I think it's somebody. Cool. Isn't it uh, that guy from J- Jimmy Iovine? I think it is Iovine because he did the her band before that. I'm completely blanking. No doubt. No, exactly. No doubt, like Gwen Stefani's group. Anyway, anyway I'm pretty sure it was was Jimmy Iovine. Yeah, I feel like she had like lo- there was a lot of good songs on this album. Yeah, it was it was top quality. Oh, album yeah. cover was really cool. Do you remember this one? Come on, Johnny, when you gonna get here? All right, roll your pretty horses. I'll be there in a minute. You just get yourself dolled up, all right, Tuss, and you pick a place. You just pick a place. Um, Johnny. Yeah, Gwen, Gwen, Gwen. You might want to hurry because tonight is the night. Those are some serious breaks. Yeah, and you know she just wants to fuck. That's all it's about. And you Try. know what's funny? <laughs> That's exactly what I was just like. So I don't. What I want to do now is I want to go in and I'm going to rip out the the Johnnies. Yeah. And then in a couple of weeks when Johnny's here. Oh, right. I can just hit the Johnny button. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. And then there's also uh, from the Modern Lovers album, Hippie Johnny. Oh, yeah. That might be a good one to throw in the mix, That's too. That's great. That, that Modern Lovers shit is great. I lo- my, one of my favorites on that album is that Pablo Picasso. Yeah. Pablo Picasso is not an asshole. They never called him an asshole. Yeah. Women couldn't help but stare. <laughs> Bowie covered that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I need to hear that. I actually only read about him covering it. I haven't heard it, but it's got to be great, and it fits wow. for for Bowie. Wow! Wowie Zowie! Yeah, I always heard about the. I knew the name Modern Lovers from uh, Losing My Edge LCD Sound System, right? And only recently got into it. But god damn, they had some good music. First album was produced by one of the guys from Velvet Underground. Um. Andy Warhol or Lou Reed? Uh, a different guy. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll have to get back to y'all on that. Um, and then the keys player went on to be in Talking Heads. Oh, look. Look what, look what I found. What? sure about, about this is this the bowie cover this is well some people try to pick up girls they can't call assholes 
I stand corrected. This yeah. is fucking awesome. That's uh, that's fantastic. The intro, I wasn't sure. Oh, the intro, I was. I I mean, I knew it was the cover, but I was like, uh oh, you know, there's some of those Bowie years that are just out to lunch and not in a good way. That's just screamed eighties. Right. Like everything but what's about funny is that. I'm pretty sure this album came out in the 2000s. What? Yeah. 2003. Album's reality. Maybe the Actually 80s. went uh saw Bowie on this tour twice. Really? Yeah. I didn't know you saw Bowie. Yeah, I saw I'm Bowie sure in me. Edmonton and in Calgary. Wow. Yeah. That's craziness. Yeah. How and, what what kind of state was Bowie in at that point? Oh, fantastic. He's probably cleaned up and Oh, know. yeah, you know, he was he was rocking it. Um what we should do is probably uh, play the original I have it version. lined up here. Oh, well, there you go. Let's do it. Modern Lovers, 1976. would turn the color of an avocado and then he'd pick them up in his El Dorado. Yeah. What a fucking lyric. It's fantastic. And we were talking a bit about some other Modern Lovers music and the Jonathan Reichman with Modern Lovers. They did a live set in 77, I think. Okay. Um, And there's a song on there called Hey There Little Insect. And he does this really cool pretty much making up words to rhyme i feel like a uh there, i feel like there wasn't a whole ton of effort ever put into these lyrics you don't think so i always found them very no no and when quality. i say that i that's what i mean I, I mean that they all they are quality but on the surface you know avocado rhymes with eldorado seems pretty lazy but it works so well mm-hmm. that it's actually good the line i was thinking of was Hey there, little praying mantis. Each time on my arm, you lantis. There you go. See, it's what, what can you rhyme with uh, praying mantis? On my arm, you lantis. Yeah, it's so loose and free. It's it's, it's very like, fun. Um, do you ever see that that clip on YouTube of Anderson Cooper? I think it's Anderson Cooper. Okay, where he he's like, you can you can rhyme anything, and <clears throat> he's talking to Eminem, and he's like, can you like rhyme orange? He's talking to Eminem and yeah. he's like, can you, uh, can you rhyme something? What rhymes with orange? It's just fucking. What does he say? Is it something foolish? 
No, I forget how he responded, but I think I could find it here. Anderson Cooper with Eminem. Now that's an interview. I don't know who set that up. It's, well, it's, you know, I think it was like 60 minutes. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, Eminem's uh, really, I guess he never went out of style. But his last few albums, people have been loving. Who, M? Yeah. I don't. I feel like all of the Eminem stuff was good. Yeah, he's hit and miss for me. For sure, but I'm I'm picky with with that stuff. Like the, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Eminem fans that think this is blasphemy, but the early stuff, like the Marshall Mathers LP, was like too violent for me. Okay, that's you know whatever. Teach is out. I found I found the clip. Let's, I'm excited uh, for this. Let's see what we got here. I'm gonna make sure that we got some volume. And he is uh, on 60 Minutes uh, talking with Anderson Cooper. That's quality. Yeah, so it's only a minute and a half or too long here. Like People say that the word orange doesn't rhyme with anything. And that kind of pisses me off because I can think of a lot of things that rhyme with orange. What rhymes with orange? I'm dumb enough to walk in a store and steal. So I'm dumb enough to ask for a date with Lauren Hill. Some people only see that I'm white, ignoring skill. Because I stand out like a green hat with an orange bill. Then I got up and ran to the janitor's storage booth. pretty good i kind of wish he just performed all of those on 60 minutes in front of anderson cooper well i'm gonna go back hilarious. i'm gonna go back and find it because the clip that i just played was actually um like people say that it was actually word, done by genius okay you know, so what they did is they took that little snippet where he's talking with uh anderson cooper but then they played all the examples right what i really want to hear is uh the actual interview answer so <laughs> if you don't mind if you want to you know i can uh, entertain this no i've got it i just uh you know i got you bear with me i've heard you say that you you bend the word yeah it's just in the enunciation of it like people say that uh the word orange doesn't rhyme with anything and that kind of pisses me off because i can think of a lot of things that rhyme with orange what rhymes with orange if you're looking, if you're taking, if you're taking the word at face value, and you just say orange, nothing is gonna rhyme with it exactly. If you enunciate it and you make it like more than one syllable, mm-hmm. orange, you could say like, uh, I put my orange four inch door hinge 
in storage and ate porridge with George. <laughs> you just have to figure out the, the science to breaking down words and try to... And do you think about this throughout the day? I mean, you're driving <clears throat> along, you think about rhyming words? Yeah, all day. Yeah, I actually drive myself insane with it. But it's interesting, I mean, for a guy who hated school, who, you know, was in the ninth grade three times, and you, you spend all your time thinking about words. I, I found that no matter how bad I was at school, like, and no matter how low my grades might have been at, at, at some times, I always was good at English. But I, I heard that you used to read the dictionary. I just felt like I, I want to be able to have all these words at my disposal, in my vocabulary, at all times, whenever I need to pull them out. You know, somewhere they'll be stored, like, locked away. Watch the record. I don't care what, you know, what your opinion is about M. You, like, like we've talked about before, you just, at least... With any music, if if even if you don't like it, having the ability to re just respect how good it is technically or musically, you know, M is definitely talented. I'd say he's a master wordsmith. Yeah, motherfucker wanted to learn the dictionary just so he had every word in his repertoire. Yeah, and I have no disrespect for Eminem. No, but I know that a lot of people think that, you know, M can be pretty cringe. Yeah. But uh, I... I think that, yeah, it can seem cringe if you don't have a similar sense of humor that he has, which is very dry. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would seem extremely cringe. Personally, that's my my style. Fair enough. And it's a lot of people's style. Like, I grew up in the, the generation where Eminem was the thing, right? And at school dances or whatever, people would go apeshit to Eminem. And you listen to some of the lyrical content. Like, this is appreciated by a wide berth well, of people. I've been an adult the whole time that Eminem has been around, so it took me a while to get into Eminem. Like, probably wasn't until he had two or three albums out that I was like, okay, maybe I should listen. Yeah, yeah it's two I very different it, perspectives. Because well, I just thought it was, like, novelty, novelty music at You know first. how I feel about novelty music as well. Yeah, yeah. Of course, but I just, I didn't see the quality in it. Obviously, mm -hmm. I'd only heard, you know, the singles or the songs that were played on the radio or whatever. But, yeah. I really enjoyed Kamikaze. That was my... Kamikaze is great. That was my shit during exam season. Gets you real fired up. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was angry. Yeah, and it's also very educated in its music like there's some beastie boy stylings on there oh he did that on purpose because yeah. prior prior to the release of kamikaze you know people were you know because it was what the the Mar marshall mathers 2 lp yep. and everybody thought that that was garbage i yeah, liked a lot I, I of what it. was on I liked there it actually a lot too but uh critically it was not well received mm. and people were questioning whether or not he still had it and so to prove that yeah he still had it he came out with kamikaze and wrapped every single style in existence and what i really like as well as the uh license to ill homage on the album right. cover with the plane it's, it's well educated and it's and it's music hell yeah no like i said he he touches on all types of rap styles mm. on purpose almost like Zappa in a way in terms of moving from style to style and yeah I guess you know 
should never really confine yourself if if you can avoid it i think we talked early early in one of the earlier episodes about the concept of genre and how you genre yeah i don't think it's a bunch of malarkey Uh, nowadays more so but i don't know i think there's some music that's just is beyond uh, a genre, you yeah. know? And yeah, Zappa definitely fits that. He's played er- almost every type of music at one time or another. And also nowadays, like pop music will always rely on things from the past. And where it's a mixture of all of those genres, I think that even more so makes a genre an irrelevant concept if everything's just a yeah. mashup of influences. Definitely. So, uh, update, a little update. Yeah. Um, this is just by chance, but, uh, I heard some dude, I don't know who it was. If it was 21 Savage or Metro Boomin, I'm not sure who it was, but one of them was talking about syrup. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you gotta have the promethazine and the codeine. Yeah. Yeah, but no, no, but you don't just want the codeine and you don't just want the promethazine like we were speculating last week. It's confirmed. You need both. There's some magic that happens. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't remember if we were talking about this on the podcast or not, but I was telling you how if you take one Aleve and one ibuprofen. We were talking about this. There's some magic that happens. It's like, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean like you get fucked up on it. I mean it takes it seems to work better on your pain it's a synergistic effect yeah i mean i'm per, like i said i think i'm pretty sure that aleve is out of the aspirin family it's definitely a bayer product definitely but uh whatever anyway aleve man <laughs> just wanted to update the scissor well it's good to confirm these things yeah i knew a guy this is gonna sound terrible but uh he liked to snort a leave. Oh, yeah, there's something wrong with somebody that's doing that. Yeah, this is a long time ago, but like he would just casually bust out some naproxen generic tablets and snort them. It was Why? fucking weird. Why he claimed it was that? like a muscle relaxer and obviously not. For but but why do you have to snort it? I don't know. This was in the middle of nowhere, and you, people are very bored in the middle of nowhere at times. Well, and apparently pretty dumb. Uh, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> they purposely put shit in over-the-counter stuff to deter people from snorting it. Yeah, binders. Yeah, and, all kinds of shit. Apparently this guy don't care. He was uh, he was a real character, that one. Anyway, one of those Damn. people you'll never see again, but will always remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, what's going on? What what have you been up to this week? Uh, what have I been up to? I'm just crushing it, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking lots of coffee, listening to beats. Beats. And really into just DJ music over the past week or so. Okay. Specifically, this is a good interlude. Specifically, Madlib, as I was uh-huh. talking to you about outside. Um, so, he's been one of my favorite artists and producers for quite a while and he was one of the early artists on stone's throw records with others such as jay dilla mf doom cut chemist etc um 
Madlib tends to produce under aliases. So we did like yesterday's new quintet, similar to Doom in terms of taking on different names. Um, in terms of his production lineup, some of the big ones would be Mad Villain with Doom, uh, Champion Sound with Dilla, Liberation with Talib, and then the Pinata and Bandana albums with Freddie Gibbs. Right. But one of my favorites from Mr. Madlib was the Shades of Blue record. Okay. So he got access to the Blue Note record archives. And for those of you who don't know, they're a major jazz label founded in 1939. Um, they've put out well over a thousand different records with artists such as Miles Davis, Thelonious Monk, Horace Silver, Donald Byrd, Herbie Hancock. Um, all the greats? Really all the greats. And Blue Note apparently was just fantastic with their artists and promoted very well. So yeah, Madlib got access to the vaults and made this record that I view as a pretty good summary of jazz music in the 20th century. Cool. So I'm going to play the first track here is one that will be sampled by Madlib on the second track I play. Okay. This first one is Stormy by Reuben Wilson from 1969. funky stuff yeah and this is what madlib did with it off his 2003 record shades of blue fresh yeah uh, uh it was like a weird effect that he was using on it like uh like a sustain or some sort of reverb or i don't know what he was doing but he chopped up the flutes from later in the song and brought them up earlier which i thought was killer 
Yeah. I mean, the instrumental was pretty freak, or the original was pretty freaking good. Yeah. But yeah, it was pleasurable. He's got, uh, and at the end of the day, a lot of the tracks are very similar to the original. Mm-hmm. I think that should definitely be said, but I think he does them justice. And you've got uh, a few different interludes from like people who are involved in production on the album. Doom has a little uh, snippet at the start of one of the songs. Cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool album overall. I have uh, lots of deep cut Mad Lib stuff to bring up later, so cool. save it for the next episodes. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. So I was going to play, I, I was going to see if you wanted to play a game, but. Oh, really? Yeah, but I decided against it. Why is that? The, well, I don't know. It just seems seem silly after <laughs> after a while. Um, but the idea was I was going to play like some guitar riffs and see if you could recognize them. Uh-huh. So uh, the original one that kind of made me come up with the idea which i knew you would get yeah but whatever i was trying to think about content for the show um always good yeah it was uh shine on you crazy diamond i probably wouldn't have gotten it to well, be let's honest see with here you. because i'll play you the where i had it marked up okay and then uh we'll see i, I just i feel like i feel like everybody that you know listens to music would know it's been a long time since I heard the song. Really? Yeah. Good. I'd say a good six years. That wasn't. That doesn't do it for you. That wouldn't. I have wouldn't done have it? gotten it. Wow. Nope. Okay, so definitely wouldn't have gotten it. It's been that long. That would have been the clue. Yeah. And then the answer would have been at here. Remember when you were young? <laughs> you shone like the sun. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't, you wouldn't have got that. Hey, nope. It's probably my least listened to Floyd album. But wasn't this also on on the wall? I don't think so. Are you sure? Fuck. Now I got to look that up too. Uh, You're not thinking of Comfortably Numb. Is that on both? Uh, There's a song that's on both. Maybe it's Wish You Were Here. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm positive. I'll trust your judgment, but I I can't. And if I'm wrong, then I don't know where I got the idea that uh, I was right. (laughs) (laughs) Happens Um, to me all the time. David Gilmore's sound is. uh, Hmm. It isn't. It definitely isn't. uh, No, I'm totally wrong. Okay. Damn. Uh, It just didn't seem Floyd like to me. What the put, guitar riff? No, to put two songs on their major albums. Right. Or the yeah. same song on two major albums. Hmm. Shine Shine on Your Crazy Diamond is on another album. It doesn't matter. Um, do you want to see what the, I 
like I said, I, I didn't go very far with this game. Yeah. Because I thought it was stupid. Because what I did is I basically looked up uh, on YouTube like the top 100 guitar riffs, and I was able to name at least 90 percent of them with my literally with my eyes closed. Well, I already lost one percent. If you don't mind my asking, what's your upper limit for vinyl purchases? Because mine's, I'll, it depends. I'm usually not looking for like the rarest of vinyls, but I'm looking for original pressing. I have a really strict vinyl purchasing policy. Okay. Um, I've not always followed this rule, uh, but I mostly follow this rule unless there's like a very rare exception. But yeah. the rule is if the music was recorded analog on an analog system, mm -hmm. then I'll, I'm interested in buying it on vinyl. If it wasn't, uh, if it wasn't recorded on an analog system, it has to be a vinyl only release. Yeah. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise what's the point otherwise what's the point yeah yeah and it, i found like you save a lot of money that way definitely yeah i only buy used records no that's great but i mean yeah buying used is, is good but just buying in general is like if it's not if i'm if i'm buying a piece of physical media it needs to be the best sounding version of the physical media 100 percent. or is, like most cds have been like cranked up they crank up they call it headroom mm -hmm. and in terms of the loudness you just experienced it when we were doing sound check before the show right uh, i asked you what years the songs that you wanted to play were produced mm -hmm. you said there was one from 69 i was like we need to sound check that because they weren't able to record at a loud volume back then and sure enough it showed up with right and you were like amazed yeah it's just it's just something i knew it's the capacity it's the recording school coming in handy for a change yeah, this is a good platform for it to come in handy yeah believe it or not you getting any feedback no okay are you uh, a little bit but i think that's local to me that that feedback is normal we get it we get it all the time i actually strip it out thanks man producer extraordinaire <laughs> we had a, a big drug bust in the city Oh, yeah? A couple days ago. Of what kind of drugs? The bad kinds. Let's hear it. Fentanyl, methamphetamine, cocaine, which police claim was valued at $125,000. Well, so, we know that they always put the highest price. Like So like they, they basically take, if you they find a key of uh, coke, yeah. they're going to break it down to as if they were selling it in single grams mm -hmm. at the highest possible <laughs> price, you know, $100 a gram. Oh, wow. You know? This brick of cocaine is worth what ten grand. It's ridiculous. Really uh, inflates their their doing, but it's good to see fentanyl off the street. Sucks that it's in the city. I guess it'd be a hundred grand, but yeah, yeah. And they had cocaine. Yeah, I wonder if it was uh, Mr. Zodiac. I fucking hope so. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to get started. Um, so, so, sorry, so go back to there's what, not were, much else what to were the it. quantities? They didn't give it. Oh, so they just gave you the street value? Street value and, Those uh, I know they're fucking with us, but I always hate seeing, not that I participate in using these drugs, but fentanyl and cocaine. I told you, like, they're together, mixing, that, that's, that's why, that's why I'm not down. People are dropping, dude. Yeah. It's terrible. No, this year has been, you know, and the thing is, 
uh, it's funny that you brought this up because I was thinking about this earlier this week. Mm. They've been calling them drug poisonings. The fen- mm. the whole fentanyl thing. Considering it not necessarily an, an OD. Right. And I'm like, where? at what point does an OD become a drug poisoning? I think it's an intent thing. I have no idea. It's I'm just speculating. Just something I heard on the radio. I heard them talking about the record number of drug poisonings related to fentanyl. And I was like, hmm. I would say it's saying that they it wasn't intended to take that drug. I, sure, I but you know, like, if you're a drug dealer, yeah. you want your customers to come back. These people don't seem to get it. That's what I'm saying. Somebody's fucking up along the way. And my guess is that they're fucking up the the difference between fentanyl and carfentanil. Why do you think that? Because carfentanil is like uh, 50 times more potent than fentanyl. Yeah. So maybe that's where the poisoning's coming in. They're using a, a, a wrong ratio or something. I feel like if you're fucking with fentanyl anyway, you're probably not taking much care of your customer base. No, but see, the, the reason they're putting it in, so they, the reason they're mixing it with something like Coke is because you can feel the effect. Yeah. Right? Even though, you know, Coke isn't supposed to give you that effect. Right. So they're they're able to you know, cut the quality of the Coke by, you know, even 50%. Sure. And then add in a little touch of fentanyl. And some B12 in your set. Yeah. A little baby laxative. Yeah. But it's just the people who got busted were in like their mid fifties. Of course. Probably bikers. You'd hope. Uh, I don't even want to say that actually, because you know, they, they my experience not. with bikers, uh, they don't fuck around with stupid shit like fentanyl. No, they're, uh, different group of folks yeah but uh, it's sad to see man no integrity in the uh drug trade at this point well uh, yeah definitely at some level yeah things need to be done hopefully uh things happen on a national level see some uh supply chain changes restriction changes give people access whatever that's what i think um, what was I going to say? Oh, so Shiba, did you get, Shiba. did you get any Shiba Inu? Can't get verified. Why? Using the documents they suggest. You need a driver's says, license no. yep. and a picture of bank statement postage. No, it doesn't have to be a bank statement. Well, I've got one and they won't take it. It's very odd. I went over to, uh, the bank right next to us said, I need a, Thing with my name, my address, and the date that uh-huh, it was printed. Uh huh. And what did and the and Coinbase denied you? They did. So I've what are they trying, telling you to do to fix it? Uh, make sure your document is clear. We can see all necessary wow. information. <laughs> Mine was very easy. It's incredibly frustrating. I have this photograph. I don't even, <laughs> I'm not even sure if I should say this, but there's a lot of things nowadays that ask you for uh, to take a picture of your driver's license. Yeah. So. I took a picture of my driver's license and you know how there's like a barcode on the bottom? Uh-huh. I edited the barcode <laughs> so that if anybody ever tries to scan it, it doesn't, it's not going to work. So like I, I, I like just copied and pasted a couple of bars together yeah. on the bottom. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why if I did that, but no, it's I, important, I used that copy of my driver's license. I sent it over to Coinbase. Really? Yeah. And I just, I didn't have, I don't, I don't get bills you know, paper right. bills. Nor do I. It's no. a difficult so thing to obtain. What I, I used was a, a, some mail from the United Way with my name on it. Huh. It wasn't even a bank statement. I just took a picture of my 
in, you know, on the top left-hand corner where my address is. It even says United Way on it. And like I said, in a couple of hours, I was verified. What the fuck? Yeah. I've tried like too many times. You should probably start a new account or something. It's probably the way to do it because it... Oh, uh, no. They're probably going to think then you're up to some funky stuff. Use a different email. No, because <laughs> they probably have the fact... Well, they like have my, all your personal details have have been verified up to a point. They have and an ID. You, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you just need to, whatever, give them what they want. They won't take it. I don't know what's going on. Well, like I said, they must be giving you a way to rectify it. I should dig a little deeper, but yeah. Anyway, some exciting so, things happening. Yeah. So, Shiba Inu, whatever meme coin, um you know, baby Dogecoin, whatever you want to fucking the call Dogecoin it. The Dogecoin killer. Yeah, but I mean, the thing about Shiba is that it's actually, it's actually has some usefulness, right? It's based off of the same protocol as Ethereum. It's an ERC-20 coin. Right. Right, whereas Bitcoin and um, Doge, Dogecoin are SHA-256. What does that mean for it's just a myself type, and others? It's the type of... Uh, cryptography involved in the creation and you know security mm-hmm. of the network okay the blockchain um so anyway we talked about it geez i want to say at least three weeks ago on on the podcast sheep yeah that yeah. it was only a matter of time before um elon musk took a picture of his uh shiba inu and posted it on the internet which he happened to do days after that podcast by the way shit yeah and that was the initial bump and i didn't catch that bump uh-huh right so i bought it at whatever 20 like 28 wow that's great yeah and it's been it was up to 97 nine something nine thousand it's going to break to the next decimal point yeah for sure because what everybody's waiting on is for the, there's um this company in the states called uh robin hood yeah where they basically let you buy uh, you can buy a fraction of a stock you know if you only have ten dollars to invest you can get x percent of a stock that you're interested I in see why it's that but name. you can also do it with um crypto mm-hmm. so once once robin hood puts shiba on their available to purchase list it's gonna fucking explode yep even if it's just for a couple of days so when that happens i'm going to sell once robin hood i shouldn't say i'm going to sell half yeah because if it ever goes up further than that which is entirely possible if you could mix um a robin hood announcement with a, a elon musk tweet oh my god I'm rich. some some crazy shit could happen yeah so i was telling you over text or something earlier yeah. this week that if you invested a thousand dollars in january it's gone up since i was talking to you it'd be over 1.2 billion dollars today and you know what really hurts mm. is i was trying to exchange over to sheep in about february or march you'd be rich and got we we would be rich oh this we <laughs> By be buying people houses. Oh my god! Um, you can do podcasts every day. But I fucking had my eye on it, and I let it slip, man. You can't beat yourself up. But hey, god damn! I know all too well. I could have yeah. been rich off of crypto several times. Yeah, I don't know if we've <laughs> talked about it on the podcast, but um, 
I once paid half a Bitcoin for one gram of MDMA. So <laughs> put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think on the last cast, we were talking about this and I said that, wait, are we done talking about crypto? No, okay. no, this is more crypto. Okay. Um, so the sheep people gave half of the tokens to Vitalik from Ethereum. Right. Who I was listening to Vitalik on would have been worth like thirty billion dollars. Twenty eight, yeah, American. But he gave it all. So I was listening. He burnt it. He gave a lot of it to India, right? And then he burnt burnt the rest. Yeah. So the thing is, the supply was supposed to be a certain amount, but it's actually quite a bit lower now. It's actually not that much lower, but no. Well, no, because there's billions of coins out there. True. Yeah. So they did burn a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, not not a huge percentage. Where is the the coin that India received? Because that could be super fucking helpful. Yeah, I'm sure they would have cashed out by now. You'd hope so. Yeah, and if they didn't, well, whoops. Yeah, um, <laughs> lots of whoops. So this is what this is where the problem is, right? Yeah. So Shiba went up to. Um, 50 something right in the five thousands and i was like wow it's at a new high this is when i was talking to you over text earlier mm-hmm. this week i'm like hmm it's at a new high it's definitely going to crawl back at least 10 percent. and so i sold it i sold it at the high and it did creep down 10 percent, and i went to rebuy it but guess what coinbase charged me twenty dollars right to convert it to stablecoin yeah and then another twenty dollars to reconvert it back to doe or to Sheep. shiba which i was still up but that was a that's actually a lot of money in, in terms of transaction coin and the value of the coin itself yeah yeah so i'm i call it the coinbase crypto conundrum it's not just Coinbase. Oh, sorry, you continue. Yeah, huh? so their fees are so atrocious mm. that to sell, to buy and sell as like in a sort of a day trading style, you just can't do that unless you're some sort of a you know premium user of Coinbase. Yeah, which is fucking bullshit. So, um, I'm just uh, you know I did the buy and sell and made some money on Sheep, um, but now I'm just leaving it. I've decided I'm not, but I'm not going to bother trading it. I don't. It's gone. It's been up to like you said, nine thousand, back down to sixty or six thousand right now. I don't fucking care. When we say nine thousand, like it's like four, four, five decimal places. One over, yeah, more so. Point zero 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 five. Yeah, nine. Whatever. If people, yeah. I know suppose if you know, you know, Shiba, you know. Yeah, true say. Yeah. So, I expect it to definitely break over to the next digit yeah um probably not until Ro- the robin hood announcement and then after that all bets are off in it terms may, of it may just crash uh, yeah elon may tweet elon did tweet and said last week that he doesn't have any sheep yet and the price oh he said yet no i mean like and yet we still oh, see these things yeah happening. and the price still went and now the market cap is more than doge yeah it's ridiculous so the thing about the other thing about Sheeb is I don't think it I don't think it makes sense for it to be have a higher market cap than any other any of the other coins. 
So when you look at the list of coins mm-hmm. that um, have a higher market cap than Sheeb, it's Polkadot, Solana, mm-hmm. Cardano, Ethereum, and Bitcoin. That's it. Yeah. Um, I don't see it becoming worth it or shouldn't become worth more than Polkadot, although I think at its peak it will. Sheep? Yeah. I read that it can't break a hundred or it can't break a dollar based on No, no, no. It doesn't need to break a dollar because there's billions Market of coins cap. out there. Market cap is the total the total dollar value of all of the coins out there. Okay. Right? So one coin may have a million coins out there. And have a market cap of forty billion, right? And um, another one might have ten million coins out there and be worth forty billion. Gotcha. The actual coin is worth a different value. The whole lump sum of them together is what the market cap is. Gotcha. So what I'm saying is, like, if you look at Polkadot, it only has a forty-one or forty-two billion dollar market cap, mm-hmm. whereas Shiba right now is at thirty-six point seven. It's probably going to go higher than Polkadot. But it probably shouldn't, which tells me that it's probably it may have already reached its peak. Yeah. Especially if Robinhood doesn't pick it up. But if Robinhood picks it up, I could see it going up. Jeez, it might even eclipse Cardano for a moment. Yeah. Cardano has been really still recently. Yeah. Which um, is probably how it's going to lie for the next while. Solana, on the other hand is something I'm super interested in. What's the deal with that? Solana is basically Ethereum, but fixed. Meaning Ethereum has a lot of problems right now mm-hmm. with you know gas fees, et cetera, power yep. consumption. Solana has already got all that shit fixed. Interesting. Yeah. And so if you look at the graph on Solana, Solana was worth pennies earlier this year and wow. is now worth almost $200 a coin. All in one year. And yeah, the graph is crazy. Yeah. So it was like at a, a dollar something uh, earlier this year. Mm. Star or, or actually may have just hit $2 at the beginning of the year. Um, but now it's worth almost $200. And I honestly think, based on the little bit of research that I've done, that Solana might actually end up being worth more than Ethereum. It's actually usable as right. an everyday currency. The fees are low enough. The price is low enough. There's enough supply. There's enough people mining it. Mm. To me, this is what Ethereum is striving to be, Mm. but they've already achieved it because they didn't have to go through all the hard forks and upgrades to the blockchain like Ethereum's currently going through, especially leading up to Ethereum 2.0. They've got all this shit. You know, it's already, they're already there. And the end goal is usability. Yeah. At, and I think Solana's there. So huh. I think honestly, like what if you had the opportunity now to go back and buy Ethereum at this price, mm. wouldn't you have been like, Yeah, I would have bought everything I could. Of course. Well, that's what I'm starting to think about Solana. Anyway. It's up eleven thousand on the year. Yeah. Eleven thousand percent. Yeah crazy yeah so i'm i've um i use this uh tool call or platform called uh trading view okay it's a way of doing technical analysis building charts on historical data whether it's a stock a currency a crypto whatever okay and um i've built 
a very basic uh, chart for Solana, and I'm just waiting for it to give me the signal that is a good open window for a long-term hold, hmm. and I'm going to buy a bunch because um, Solana is is available on Wealth Simple. Whoa! And I'm since set up, when? You should see the coins that are available on Wealth Simple. Last time I checked, it was just there's tons. There's Bitcoin and ETH. There's no. There's probably at least ten different coins now interesting and so i've got a large sum of cash just sitting in an unused balance over there hell yeah that i was trading eth for Mm -hmm. um but now i'm thinking i want to take you know a third of it and throw it into solana that's what i was hoping cardano would be yeah well like i said it it looks looks like like solana Solana is doing it yeah you should do some reading up on on the way it works and you know, the white paper, et cetera. I will. But yeah, basically what I was getting at is there's no, there's absolutely no use in trying to day trade using Coinbase. No, and see, it, I'm using they're the, the... They're the only ones making money. Yeah, it's kind of just a game. Their transaction otherwise. fees are ridiculous. Well, Simple's transaction fees aren't even close to as bad. I'm using uh, Exodus Wallet. Mm-hmm. The software is really good, but the minimum exchange is quite high and it seems to change based on volume that's i don't know fair. if that's standard but um i was trying to move around from certain things over to shib and uh no go well it's just uh they don't have shib on uh on well simple yet no not that i would buy it right now anyway i think if you haven't bought it at this point it's not worth it. it's probably over unless it if it takes a big crash then i might look at at getting best, into it a bit more well but. then you would want to buy it right now because it's it's at it's all it's at it's probably one week uh low. low okay if you want me to look at my chart when i get home i can send you a little snapshot and tell you if it's a good time that'd be groovy so does the software queue for you no so uh what do you mean queue but like if you like do certain thresholds trigger a no a signal well, or a purchase or a sell. That's based on your interpretation, right? right. So right. basically what you get on TradingView is you get um, the ability to look at the crypto um, in intervals, right? Mm-hmm. So you can go, let's say, at a one-week interval. You can look at it at a, a one-day interval. You can look at it at a half-hour interval. You can look at it at a five-minute interval okay and depending on what view you you like to use i try to stick to five minute when it comes to crypto because Mm -hmm. things can shift very fast yeah um and then i use a couple of uh items that also help in the decision making process or signaling of whether something's going up or down um one is called uh, EMA or exponential moving average. Mm-hmm. And I used a, normally like a, a 20 day or a 20 segment um, and a 50 or a hundred. Some people even use up to like a 200. Um, and then if you can use uh, you can use the historical data to see if your settings were sending good signals in the past mm. and then you can use them in the future. Cool. Right. And then the other one that I use is called an RSI, which is a relative strength index. And basically there's like a sweet spot between something like 
30 and 70 where a stock or whatever it is that you're looking at is kind of in the just right or the Goldilocks phase. Mm -hmm. But if it goes below 30, then it means that it's likely oversold and means that people are probably going to start buying it. I see. And then if it goes above 70, then it's overbought and people are likely going to sell. And you can use the settings of your RSI and go back in history as well to see if those signals were accurate. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, they're vi- those are very basic uh, indicators that I just named. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about technical analysis, you probably think I'm a complete noob, <laughs> but I just want to keep it simple and yeah. I'm not actually trading in, you know, millions of dollars. So it's not a big deal if, if I fucked something up. And uh, the more data, the better. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, data is the best. Yep. So uh, I got another another Zappa song to play. Perfect. Yeah? Are you ready for this? Hit me! Um, I said, I, I didn't say it to the podcast, but I said it to you, that I was going to try and start from the early Zappa and work my way through. We. Oui. But I had this experience last night where um, I came across this Zappa concert from 1978 and I heard a version of this song that just blew my mind. And I was like, oh, this has got to be the Zappa of the week song. So um, it's off of the album You Are What You Is, which came out 1981. Um, I was saying to B-Rock earlier you know, Chic Your Booty, which we talked about last week, mm-hmm. Joe's Garage, which is probably Zappa's most popular album, and You Are What You Is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the golden age of Frank Zappa. It's like when Zappa was probably at his peak in terms of uh, listening audience. Okay. Right? Um. So anyway, there's this song, and it's called uh, Suicide Chump. And I know what you're probably thinking, but they're not making fun of suicide. And if if you're contemplating suicide, definitely talk to somebody. Um, what they're writing the song about is people that are out for crying for attention, right? Right. They're not actually making fun of people who are suicidal. They're making fun of people who are crying for attention, right? And so I'm going to play the whole song. But the key uh, set of lyrics for me um, are um, maybe you're scared to jump in and poison makes you sick. (laughs) You need a little attention and you need it pretty quick. Don't want to mess your face up or we won't know if it's you. There's just so much to worry about. Now what you going to do? So you can see it's, you know, it's not a very, it's not super serious, but. I just wanted to, you know, preface it that way so that people weren't going to get offended and be like, you're a jerk. It's a good preface. Yeah. You say there ain't no use in living. It's all a waste of time. And you want to throw your life away. Oh, people, that's just fine. Get on and get it over with then. Find you a bridge and take a jump. Make sure you 
do it right the first time. Cause nothing's worse than a suicide jump. Oh yeah. They say there ain't no light of shining. With the bushes up ahead. And we're all gonna be so sorry. When we find out who was it now. Get on and get it over with then. Right the first time Cause nothing's worse than a suicide jump Oh yeah Now maybe you're scared to jump in And poison makes you sick And you want a little attention And you need it pretty quick Don't wanna mess your face up But we won't know if it's you Or there's just so much to worry about Now what you gonna do Go get on and get it over with then Find you a bridge and take a jump the first time cause nothing's worse than a suicide jump Fantastic. God damn. We've talked about this before, but the way he can adopt a style. Yeah. So, I mean, you heard the earlier version where it was very stripped down bluesy. Yeah. This is still bluesy, but very up-tempo. Got some of the barbershop uh, vocals in the back. Yeah. Well, Zappa was a huge fan of that. I think they released a whole album of Barbershop. What was it? Can't Buy a Thrill? No, it's... Uh, cheap. That's Cheap Thrills, which cheap is a thrills. compilation album. But the one you're thinking of is Cruising with Ruben and the Jets. Right. They're dogs on the album cover. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Hot Rats. Right. Classic stuff. Yeah. What was the deal with uh, Zappa and Alice Cooper? So, roughly or loosely, the story is that... Um, Alice Cooper had been like, you know, hounding um, Frank Zappa to, you know, sign them or to, you know, record an album with them. And at some point, Zappa says, okay, fine, show up at my place at six. And Alice Cooper and his band or whatever showed up at 6 a.m. at Zappa's place. <laughs> yeah. That's the story. That's pretty great. I actually uh, had the pleasure of serving Alice Cooper one time. Nice. I think I told you about this uh, once or twice before, but I used to work at a steakhouse in a in a hotel, and we got to serve the whole crew, and Alice Cooper was sober at this point. This was 2016. He's been sober a long time. I would say so. Uh, the coolest cat, you know, he came in and ate with the group. The roadies were getting fucked up. It was hilarious. A lot of white Russians going on. And uh, had dinner and left. I shook his hand and that was it. But it was, it was a cool little thing. Did he have the face paint on? He didn't have the face <laughs> paint on. I was disgusted, actually. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. It's always cool to 
come across people like that. Yeah. And especially, I was the only person there who was like, it's Alice Cooper. Everybody else didn't give a fuck, but. Yeah. That's, that tends to happen at times. I was never a huge Alice Cooper fan. Uh, like, I should. I should shouldn't really say that because now I'm a more of an Alice Cooper fan yeah. than I was, but yeah, some of his early stuff Hell was yeah. just freaking great. They were taking some acid. Oh yeah, Faux show. Um, Frank Zappa said that um, their live show, you know, he knew that there was something to Alice Cooper because when they came on stage, a whole bunch of people would leave. And he was like, if you had that kind of effect. Like when Zappa came on stage? No, Zappa witnessed witnessed them playing a show. And when they hit the stage, they uh, they like turned off so many people that like a bunch of people just left. And Zappa was like, oh, there's something. These, these guys got something. I was reading a similar, similar article today. I think that's when he signed them. Could be. Yeah, the- like I said, uh, any all of the shit that I've just mentioned between Alice Cooper and Frank Zappa is loosely based on... Uh, something I've read at some point. I've I've read similar things. It's a funny funny duo for sure. Yeah, but yeah, what was that? Uh, what was that first album? Um, with was, he's got the thumb sticking out of the jacket. Uh, it has let uh, it let it die. Let it something. Here, let me look it up. There's a song about the sun on there. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-
He ate some hash right before he got on the plane. Oh, I was there for that one. And when it hit, he was listening to that song. (laughs) Man. In a few weeks, we'll get him to tell the story. Hell yeah. Yeah, we both ate some hash on that one around. I think we had a night stopover. And just actually, I'll save it until he gets here. That'll be way better. Okay. Um, But that Alice Cooper track was 71. Yeah, I've got, an, I've got another Alice Cooper track. Let's, let's go. So this is off of probably, well, this is off of 1972 album. Okay, wow. School's out. Yeah. But this was the first Alice Cooper album that I actually got into. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to play a song from that. Um, it's called Gutter Cat versus the Jets. riff is awesome that the baseline yeah yeah Yeah. really cool yeah alice cooper had some really good shit he did it's easy to forget about alice but he also had some really bad shit yeah yeah and he he also kept it going a bit too long oh definitely but i mean (laughs) he probably was spending the money as it came in you know what i mean so he may not have had uh any choice but to keep going that's fair but yeah he had some really bad music in the 80s are those Um, the rough years for him i don't think so i think he was still quite popular okay but the music was just really bad and this song in particular i don't know if you ever heard it before it's called poison it was a big hit Uh, i bet you i have it's off of uh trash from 1989 okay
Okay. I can't even get through the that chorus. That is awful. Also, uh, they ripped off Crazy Train. How? The same the guitar riff? progression. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, and Crazy Train definitely predates this. It, I just looked it up. 1980. Yeah. Crazy Train. Well, there's no doubt about that. Fuck. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a sour way to end for uh, Alice Cooper. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I mean, I'm joking. You got to take the good with the bad, right? Well, I that's mean, what I was like trying to say is like, so this 80s stuff, that's the stuff that I heard growing up. So oh, I was like, yeah, oh, no. Alice Cooper's a fucking loser. And then, you know, when I really got into music and teens and later on yeah. and went back, I was like, wow, he's actually got some good music. It was just 15 years before. Right. He was already a bit dated at that point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And living hard too, quite hard. Terrence McKenna, you gave uh, gave me food of the god. No, I think you gave Johnny food of the gods. Food of the gods. I think I gave or archaic revival. Uh, probably both at different times. I think it was food of the gods. I believe I was the only one who read it. <laughs> oh well. Every time I buy Johnny a book, I know it's not going to get read, but I, I have hopes. It just it gets read, just not by him. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you you can try. Um. So. I, I love McKenna as a, I don't consider him necessarily a scientist as he's well, he often, definitely was, I, he I was mean, an anthropologist. No, he was uh, a bioethnologist or something. I'm pretty sure he made that term up. Oh, okay. May, whatever. Which is the thing. I think he might've done some botany as well. That's what I'm, yeah. That's where I think I thought his education was in. He, it was ethno or entho. It was about plants. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. he was like researching like um, plants in the rainforest and shit for a long time with his, mushrooms. with his brother. Yeah. Dennis. Yeah. Right. Um, and like, I'm just going to say that I used to be huge into Terrence McKenna. Yeah. I still like some of the shit that he writes about and some of the stuff, but. I take it with a grain of salt. That's nowadays. kind of where I'm coming from. Is well, like, but there was a time when he was still alive that, you know, you know, almost pre-internet mm -hmm. at that time where he was reviled as, you know, the successor to Timothy Leary. Right. So, you know, but now I think, you know, like, like you're about to say, I guess mm -hmm. you got to take a, a lot of it with a grain of salt because most of the shit that McKenna was talking about was theory. Exactly. And I look at him as more of a, almost a poet in certain stances and being able to really describe the psychedelic experience is super cool. He opened a lot of doors for a lot of people. And Definitely. I mean, in terms of usage, yeah, right. Like, you know, the whole seven grams or whatever, five grams of mushrooms, yeah. the heroic dose, the heroic dose as he, yeah. as he called it. But he also had some, theories on other stuff like time travel and yeah, yeah. he did um, and like his theory of novelty he called it is that what you're going to talk about well i've got did you ever listen to alien dream time it's a live set with an electronic group with oh. a didgeridoo he did a lot of that man yeah no i haven't listened to it but i know there's a ton of that kind of stuff out there i'm gonna i found a little spot okay. that i think is great and you get some mechanic going off over some cool beats. All right. 
Let's check it out. What we discover through the psychedelic experience is that in the body, in the body, there are Niagara's of beauty, alien beauty, alien dimensions that are part of the self, the richest part of life. I think of going to the grave without having a psychedelic experience, like going to the grave without ever having sex. It means that you never figured out what it was all about. The mystery is in the body and the way the body works itself into nature. What the archaic revival means is shamanism, ecstasy, orgiastic sexuality, and the defeat of the three enemies of the people. And the Hegemony, monogamy, and monotony. And if you get them on the run, you have the dominators sweating, folks. It's interesting that you played a clip of him talking about what he was talking about there, mm-hmm. because I I completely agree with him. I and this 100%. isn't one of those moments where I'm like you're out there like no. he's absolutely describing it the the essence of the indescribable. We've talked with Johnny uh, for hours about how necessary it is to get as many people to have a positive psychedelic experience as possible. Yeah, we have. We we've even gone as far <laughs> as to you know if we were king to devise plans of. Um, introducing LSD into the water supply. Yeah, I was hesitant at the start of this. Yeah. Come around you, to it. I was going to say, you've, you had to have come around by now. But, you know, we want everybody to have a psychedelic experience. And I think, you know, you can't say it any more clearly than Terrence just did. And his voice is so great. Yeah, but they're editing his voice. No, that's live. It's He's in front of them, like he's in really? front of a crowd yeah so he's like drawing out oh, yeah interesting he's like singing and doing at one okay. point he's speaking completely in tongues on the side it's it's craziness um yeah but he's had some he's been like okay uh, you know as non-scientific as he may be um with certain things yeah no no i, I mean in general um some of his theories are to me very plausible like stoned ape stoned ape theory um more about like the alien mushroom spores traveling through space right and you know being deposited in you know in the center of a meteor or something like that Mm -hmm. like i think you know there isn't any evidence you know 30 years out from when he made these comments to say that that's not true Mm -hmm. in fact i hear more people talking about uh the possibility of spores traveling through the vacuum of space that's what the newest star trek is pretty much all about discovery is follows paul stamets the main character and it's all about space travel through spores plus as i said before biomolecules have been found on asteroids 
Yeah, and so like McKenna was talking about this a long time before anybody else was. Yeah, this performance was 93, but Archaic Revival was definitely before that. Well, the book, the Archaic Revival probably came out right around that time. He might have been uh, promoting it at that point, very possibly. Yeah. Um, it was probably his latest book at that time. Yeah, and to mix it in with... Several copies of that book. Yeah, Archaic Revival is 91. I believe that is... Uh, this is two years after. That's a great, correct, sir. Great book. He's uh, he, he was good shit. I don't know how I feel about the stoned ape theory. I think it lacks evidence, but no, I do it, see the possibility. Hundred percent, it lacks evidence. Yeah, but all, a lot of the stuff that he talks about lacks evidence. Yeah, true. Yet a yeah. lot of it is, uh, but it's relatable because it's so experiential. There's also been the idea brought up that because McKenna talked about specifically with DMT, he talked about seeing these elves. That yes. because he talked about it so much in the literature that other people like almost imprinted on other folks to have that experience. I think that that's a definitely a factor, but yeah. I don't think, I don't think that it makes it any less true. No, I've, I've heard people that have no idea about the whole elves thing and talk about, I've talked about elves after doing DMT. Yeah. There's a, what's crazy is that, you know, the people that have experienced that say that they're talking to you yeah, and like they know things that you might not know and they're telling those things to you, which sounds out to lunch, but also yeah. sounds super fucking cool. Oh, it's right up my alley. Yeah. There is, I think these trials are getting underway soon. We may have spoke about it before, but. About the mushrooms? No, intravenous DMT over time. No, we didn't. So the ethics behind this. Where do I sign up for that? Because smoking is too harsh for me. <laughs> I would love to just have a doctor deal with all the issues. I don't want to have to vaporize it or smoke it like you said. I want to, I want the easiest method. So that's the same thing with ketamine. I'd love to try ketamine. Yeah. But, uh. I've heard that, you know, intravenous is the way to go. Apparently I am intramuscular works just oh, as well. Okay. Maybe it you is can do intramuscular, both. whatever. But yeah. I know that like as a treatment for like depression, yeah. they do that. And I think you can even, I think you can even go to like a private clinic in like Nevada. There's and, definitely some underground spots. No, no. Too. I mean like it's not, it's not necessarily illegal, but it's like gray. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I would love to go and do that. Yeah, the injection would probably be the way to go, and especially in a supervised setting. It's supposed to be extremely psychedelic. Yeah. Insufflation is not a good experience at all. Yeah. It's just not good for you. Just avoid that if you can. Agreed. Um, Especially, don't. I don't think you should even consider snorting DMT. Oh, no. Ketamine, I mean. Yeah, well, we were talking about DMT for a second. I was like, (laughs) you don't want people to think that there's people out there snorting DMT. Absolutely not. It is not active in that form. But I'll, I'll go back and find the exact people proposing this. And like I said, it's, it's getting worked through in terms of clearance. But the idea is to have participants set up in a chair with uh, IV in them and slowly titrate in DMT over long periods of time because typically it only lasts 15 minutes. Yeah, or less. And the idea behind the research is to explore the archetypes of the space that people are seeing when they're high. Mm-hmm. So by like you can kind of dial in staying in the DMT space for long periods of time intravenously using a controlled titration hmm. that you got to be a strong headed motherfucker 
to be doing that. Hello. Yeah, you might be perfect. You know the thing is, <laughs> I, while you were while you were talking about this, I was thinking the exact opposite is they don't want people like me or you going to do this. Because we're definitely preconditioned. Not only that is that we we're not virgins to psychedelic experiences, and I'm sure that's or to any of those drug experiences, which is something I think they want to get as honest a take or an experience as possible. Whereas we may have preconceived notions of what exactly it is we're experiencing at that time. I think you also, but I agree, but you also need a trooper. Oh yeah. Somebody well, who's able to stick in there for a, I could do that. for a bit. Yeah. And really report back. Yeah. I could do that. Johnny could do that. Johnny could, <laughs> I could do it too. Yeah. Maybe you've, you've seen a few freak outs. Yeah. <laughs> maybe in a few years. But um, I think that's a really cool idea, extending it. Yeah. Keeping somebody in the chair. But I'd, then again, in terms of clearing that, like you, when is the, is the person able to give consent for keeping the dosage going if they're under the influence? Does that all happen before? I would think it happens long before. I would say you need to be uh, vetted pretty heavily to be the person in that chair. Um, or a, a super duper good release form yeah <laughs> yeah very well written yeah craziness craziness indeed my friend but um i can't remember what the name of the company is yeah um actually no i did i took a screenshot of it on my cell phone so let me just look it up here i saved it specifically for this purpose heck yeah um we were talking um I don't know, last week or a week or so ago about um, the lack of mushrooms for sale on uh, whatchamacallit? Chronic Post. Chronic Post. Our good friends at Chronic Post. Yeah, so I can't find it right now, even though I know that. Did you see the ad? Yeah. I saw it too. You saw it too? It's on the YouTubes. Yeah. What the fuck? Okay, so... (laughs) This is really fucked up that we both saw this. Man, they're but, targeting us for yeah, sure. Yeah, but not only that is, how is YouTube allowing somebody to market illicit drugs? Totally agree. They, something got through their filter, and somehow yeah. these motherfuckers are, ab- are so far able to advertise for the sale of mushrooms in Canada yeah. on their website, and they charge a lot of money. Do they? Well, way more than what you should. And the reason I say that is because they have some, they sell THC edibles as well. Okay. And I was looking at the prices of those and their price per pack of the same branded, like faded. And I forget what the other brand of edibles is that chronic post sells. Chronic posts were exactly the same brand and much cheaper than whatever this mushroom company was selling. Okay. So, Chronic Post had pretty good prices for it. They don't, yeah, they don't have mushrooms anymore. But Which their is fair. THC edibles are still a good price on Chronic Post. You get five packs of two hundred milligram per package for sixty five dollars, and um, on this website they were more like eighteen or nineteen dollars a pack. Oh, yeah, for the exact same brand. That's not good at all. No, but I don't think chronic post has the advertising reach for some reason this company i just looked up i was trying to find the name of the company no but multiple people are like what's the deal 
with this with them advertising on youtube i'm or just, just seeing a general? few reddit posts like what's the deal with these what's the name of the company i can't find oh, it yeah i have a screenshot of it here somewhere i just but the thing is i think mushrooms will be the the next weed in my opinion in terms of legalization yeah i i, I hope I, so i i a couple year or two or so i said not it's i true. disagreed with you but now i think it's yeah it's more likely that it's, it's gonna happen it definitely makes sense. It's so funny that we both got this. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm blown away that I can't find the screenshot because I specifically, I don't know, maybe I deleted it or something. But, uh, oh, no, no, hold on. Hold you got to be pretty brazen. I got it. It's called Naked Shrooms. Na- <laughs> Google it. Make sure Naked that. Naked Shrooms. Yeah. Looking it up Naked now. Nakedshrooms.co. .co. Yo, I, I didn't even put in the address i googled it and it came up so they're not being discreet i guess well, they're advertising <laughs> on fucking youtube no shit they aren't being discreet okay um i've got a menu here no no it's fine i just you, if you want to go through some and tell me what you think of the prices like i said i was basing their what i thought about their prices based on thc edibles not necessarily the price of their mushrooms fair enough you say they're going as low as a dollar 80 a gram but i bet you that's got to be with you bulk. could buy pounds to get that let's see what an ounce costs ounce is four dollars a gram that's pretty good for mushrooms yeah i'd I'd say that's not bad i'm usually happy with five 110 bucks an ounce yeah for for all of their mushrooms because they got a variety of types um i'm looking at the albinos okay what Um, about the cubenzies go over to the oh just got booted off their site Uh uh-oh they know you're talking about them oh my god is this thing live yeah. Uh, they've got Amazonian and B cubensis. Yeah, that what out. are those? Because those are typically the more common. These are B plus, which you those are those are definitely the common ones, as you said. Um eighty bucks an ounce. Shit, that's not bad at all. Two eighty a gram. That's dirt cheap. It is. As mushrooms should be. Yeah, no, uh I don't know why their THC edibles are overpriced, but their mushrooms are on point. Weird. They have free shipping? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no no I, the only reason I, I don't want any i'm saying that because you have to work that into the price that's that's very that's true. why i'm saying that is it is it 90 dollars plus 20 dollars shipping because then that's a lot more per gram anyway yeah i'm not getting much on the shipping options here all good i would assume they probably have a minimum and then you get free shipping i know it says something about express post on there i remember seeing that and it probably is minimum. Yeah, I'm glad I took that screenshot. It's yeah, interesting that, that we both saw that. I wonder how many other people saw that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that you know, you shouldn't be seeing advertising for illegal products. If you're, I'm not against it, but I I'm agree. just saying I was shocked when it happened. Yeah, it's it's, and the thing is, with the progression of like, it's normalized to consume shrooms nowadays. So sure. to see that isn't particularly shocking at face value, but when you think about it pretty fucking shocking i was expecting it to be um like something out of another country okay not not in canada but no they're canadian well if you're in canada and you've also seen this youtube ad you can contact us on twitter at yeah. some redeeming qualities yeah so uh yeah let us know guys because i think this is a pretty yeah, actually i'm gonna post i'll post a screenshot of it uh on our twitter awesome just so if people do see it maybe we can 
get it trending or something. Yeah, let's let's check it out. And if anyone's tried them, let us know. Yeah, I'm I'm not interested. In trying no, them. you're strictly no shrooms. What was these that? Days. What's that chemical compound though? For ACO DMT. Yeah, it's I'm still def- readily available from Toronto Research Chemicals. Don't you have to pay an arm and a leg to buy from those research mm-hmm. chemical companies? Pretty reasonable. How much? Um, every once in a while, I how go much in- for a heroic dose? Well, then we got to figure out. So from what I've read, 30 milligrams is about three and a half grams. So twice that. Sure. Okay. 50 to 60 right. milligrams probably. How much? Because like I was last time I was looking at research chemicals online. I was looking at uh, what is it? Is it ALD 50? ALD 52. I was 52. actually going to read an experience report about that, but we'll but do it the, some other time. Yeah, I was looking at it, but the price that they wanted, it was almost like $20 a hit. It's super rare now. Uh, there's still research chemical companies that are selling it. In Canada? Yep. 100%. Man, I tried that once before and it's fucking amazing. ALD 52? Oh my God. It really? was like I heard that it's not as strong as LSD. I I know you're not a big MDMA guy, no. but it was like a perfect mix of MDMA and acid. Hmm. It was so good. Yeah, I I mean, I, if I read enough experiences or if I knew somebody that uh, had an experience with it, I probably would try it. But yeah, I don't want to eat mushrooms. No, it's it's not easy on the stomach, is it? It's not. It, it's it's like doing a cleanse <laughs> seriously man i don't know when i was a teenager i would take mushrooms out of the bag and just crunch and chew them up like they were like chips yeah i'm but i na- do the same now oh man even if i like hide them in a peanut butter sandwich or grind them up into and put them in capsules it's just ugh, the gut rot and then several days afterwards it's just no bueno i found uh, chocolate ice cream is the way to go for mushrooms okay but still doesn't like, affect the gut rot still yeah happens. exactly that's why I'm, I'm interested in the 4aco so for the 4aco uh toronto research chems didn't have it so chemlogics.ca okay um 45 dollars per 250 milligrams how much is that that's is that like five, almost 10 five? standard hits? So probably let's say six of our hits. For how much? 45 bucks. Let's do it. But hey, bad, wait a second. That, the other thing I've realized about these research chemical companies. Yeah. Don't they put you through a similar identity verification to Coinbase? Um, I've never purchased off of a... Oh, uh, I went through to purchase once and I, they wanted a copy of your driver's license as well. And I just said, you. fuck that. Yeah. No way. Plus their prices, like I said, were out to lunch but that seems relatively reasonable well what is it what form does it come in it's a free base so does that mean we have to smoke it no as uh, a fumarate is another another term for it so you, can, you can swallow it okay that's what i want although it says here do not consume <laughs> well of course they have to they have to say that absolutely it's supposed to be for research and then a gram is 145 bucks and a gram would be how many heroic doses um 20 around there okay about that for a hundred dollars 150 let's do it it's not bad hey we could do it and uh we could even test it with johnny maybe yeah i'd be interested now now you've really got me thinking (laughs) because i'd be interested to like try it yeah and then 
drops massive. Yeah. Yeah. Because honestly, the combination of shrooms and acid I've is done one it. of my... We I've did it for it Tool, man. And that was one of the best nights that I ever had. You know why You know why we did it for Tool? Why? Because I had done it for a Tool concert previous to that. Fuck yeah. Dude, there, oh, that was there was so this good. one time... I, I, I think it was with Johnny. Yeah. I've seen Tool so many times. Yeah, most yeah. of them with Johnny. Um, but one time we were at Tool and um, uh, I had... Johnny sitting on the right hand side of me and some young kid sitting on the left hand side of me and this kid on the left hand side of me he was like a super huge tool fan but he was straight as a fucking arrow yeah like he and I was trying to explain to him like dude you are you don't you are missing out you do not understand tool <laughs> And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm fucking peeking on a handful of shrooms and t several tabs of acid. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> trying to explain to this guy that Tool wants you to come to the show. Stoned. Stoned. Yeah. And he just, he just wasn't getting it. And I was like, wow. Imagine being this guy who got so deep into Tool but really doesn't have a fucking clue about what Tool is about. Yeah. I... You see that a lot at the Tool concert. We saw them in our city here, and the crowd there. The crowd here was sucked. not good. Yeah, for that for that particular show. And I made a terrible mistake in that show. Yeah, well, that's not. Well, you want to tell the story? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> actually, you know what? I already know where you're going with it. Actually, I'm going to hold off on that one. Save that story for when Johnny's here. Yeah, it might not give the best look at the moment, so we'll we'll leave no, it. No, no, the... no, no. That 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 lady was a fucking Karen. That was a. She was a. She was a, she had a bad back. Right. I was going to say she All was right. a disabled Karen. Yeah. And we were very stoned on acid and shrooms, as earlier said. Plus, and we were smoking joints at our seats. Yeah. We were getting fucked up. And I'm zoning into all the awesome visuals behind the, the tool show. And everybody in front of us was standing up. Right. So naturally, I need to stand up to see the show. And um, let me preface this Please by do. saying... Normally, if I go to a show and um, I'm not on the floor, I prefer to sit. And you should. Right. But in this case, we had no choice. Because there was because a lot of assholes. Around. Everyone in front of us was standing. Yeah. With hats. Oh, all kinds <laughs> of shit. Anyway, so <laughs> I uh, we wanted to watch the show, right? Yeah. And I don't know, halfway through, I get a tap on my shoulder when I am really deep into it and this lady says i've got a bad back can you please sit down and you know i like to think of myself as a nicer person i try to be at least so i am processing this and decide to sit down and also guilted uh me and johnny into sitting down did i well like verbally or just with my body language just by by engaging this karen sure and so i'm sitting down and I just get this pit in my stomach. I'm like, I feel like I'm slighted here. I know this isn't right. And then upon contemplation, I burst out of my seat and yeah. stand up and uh, turn around to the lady and mouth, I'm sorry, put my hands up. And then I remember keep, this too. <laughs> and then keep rocking the fuck out. And multiple times afterwards, they kept trying to get me to sit down. Yeah, she was, she and was I was like, guys, upset. I'm sorry, but it's not my problem. Well, it's the thing is, is like, Either I'm not able to watch the show or you're not able to watch the show without a little bit of back pain. And maybe you should have gotten 
um, tickets for somebody who, you know what I mean? They have those designated areas. Handicap seating. Yeah, I didn't want to call it that, but... I believe that's what it's called. I don't know what it's called, but regardless, there are options. There are. I I felt guilty for a bit and then moved right I on. hope you know that you... Not only should you never engage people like that, like she was that you take one look at that woman and I knew you should not engage with that woman. She tapped me on the shoulder. doesn't matter. You could just be like (laughs) tapping your ear. Like, uh, you know, I can't hear you. Um, we were at a concert loud one at that, but, uh, you don't engage people when you're that fucking high. Yeah. Not when you're that high. That's not a social dose. No, not only that because an event like that could, you know Turn put a little a bit of a no just a little damper on your on your peaking tool experience it kind of did well i got go. through it and yeah. then we saw them again the I next you night learned your lesson no it wasn't the next night it was like two two nights afterwards. yeah we had one day in between right and we flew over yeah the second show was fucking amazing second show was amazing but we didn't take as much drugs no we we didn't take the mushrooms we took That's three hits saying. of acid we took acid you know, no drugs or no, <laughs> whatever. No mushrooms. True. I could. I wouldn't have been able to take mushrooms anyway. I basically almost shit my pants as I got yeah, off the plane. I've, I've never seen you in distress before, dude. Okay, but that let time. Me, let me give a little bit of perspective on this because <laughs> this was not not my fault. So, okay. So there's three of us. Yeah. There's three of us going to uh, Vancouver yeah. to see the second Tool show. Yeah. And do you think that Johnny would book uh, the same fucking flights? No. (laughs) We were on three different fucking flights in a span of two hours. We had three different fucking flights. And so I got there first. So I went and picked up a car. Yeah. And then I spent two hours sitting in the fucking rain waiting for for you. Uh And then we spent another hour and a half waiting for Johnny. Johnny. Yeah. And this entire time my guts are turning. Oh, that's what was going on. Yeah. Oh. And so by the time we got to the hotel, I was making you a dash for it. it. Dude, the fact that I made it that long, <laughs> it's not even funny. I'm laughing, I'm sorry. Oh, anyway, you poor fucker. That was not that was not on me. Oh god that damn. That was on El Cheapo Johnny. I knew something was up. But I didn't know it was that. Yeah, well, when you got to go, you got to go. Oh, fuck, man. I'm sorry you had to go through that. I just wish that you could have heard a recording of the sound <laughs> because I've never heard or seen anything like that in my life since. And folks, I can attest this man has not consumed a mushroom since. No, nor will I. I actually have, but have not, not oh, with right. you. Right. I bought some and thought, oh, I'm going to try it. Sure enough. Same fucking shit. Mailed it out to us. Yeah, well, no, you were here. Mailed it out to Johnny. Yeah. All right, well, 4ACO might be the way to go. Yep. I got one more thing. All right. Did you see the PETA bullpen thing? Nope. Like bullpen, like baseball? Baseball. Oh, no. Baseball. It's For those of you who don't know, it's where the pitchers warm up. Yeah, of course. In the outfield. PETA. I thought it might be maybe been a rodeo. Uh, okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, PETA has called on the MLB to rename the bullpen to the Arm Barn. 
because according to PETA, bullpen refers to the area of a bull's pen where the bulls are held before they are slaughtered. It's a word with specious roots, and we can do better than that. I think we should work on um, getting the Atlanta Braves to change their name first. And then we, we change it to Arm Barn? No. I'm just we saying think about I'm it. saying there are much more pressing issues. Oh, there are. Yeah, because you know, last week we were talking about the cultural appropriation of the uh tomahawk yes. on the Atlanta Braves jerseys. And then you also mentioned the chopping motion that they make in the crowd when something goes their way or they want something to go their way. With a chant. Right. And that's where I'm going. Is that chant is the most offensive thing that I've I've heard, you know, in the entirety of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Not just the jersey, not just, you know, um the chopping motion, but the chant. Yeah. I don't even want to I'm not even gonna to attempt to recreate it because nope. it's that offensive. Just imagine what the stereotypical sound that you might hear um a native or first nations people make uh that's what the entire crowd of in atlanta non-indigenous folk yeah is making and how they've gotten away without having to make some sort of change maybe they don't have to change their name but i'm okay with the name right. to be honest with you but they should change or remove the tomahawk and they should certainly remove the gesture and chanting yeah i'm with you there yeah long before anybody should be concerned about the arm barn speciest Whatever. Anyway. I don't really, uh, I, I think PETA, you know, and I, I'm an animal person. You are. You are. Um, I think PETA is a borderline terrorist organization. I believe uh, in one of our earlier episodes, they were called as such. Well. From uh, the U.S. government. I need to go back and double check, but. They've done some stupid shit. Yeah. Like yeah. calling for the arm barn. As a base baseball fan, I, I don't think even this want is to get into it because <laughs> no, no, because there's some really gross shit that we could talk about. Like, if, you know, they get these P to people trying to embed themselves, you know, in like um, uh, poultry factories and all of this shit. And some of the stuff they've tried to fabricate is is ridiculous. They have zero credibility with me. Yeah, fair enough. And. Not that there aren't legitimate animal rights groups out there. I I agree. Yeah. Let's just keep it realistic and in the pocket, folks. Yeah. No, shut the fuck up, Bruce. <laughs> so it's funny because when I started playing these uh, earlier, um, I couldn't help but think about um, the whole Alec Baldwin situation. Yeah. I don't know. Have you, are you up to date on that? Um, suspicious, not suspicious. It's just careless. Yeah. Like, um, but you know how we, there was an, we did an episode, um, where we were talking about, uh, actors being caught on tape, losing their shit. Yeah. Fortunately, there was no cameras rolling at the time that that happened. That is a good, but have you seen a picture of this chick that was the armor? No. Oh, you should look up a picture of her because immediately I would I wouldn't be trusting anything around this chick. I don't know what her name is and I'm not going to say it anyway, but um she released a statement 
through her lawyer that um, there were no bullets on the set. And yet, apparently that morning before the accident occurred, the cast and crew do firing practice with real live ammo. Why? Just for fun. It's ridiculous. Right. So that's how the bullets got <laughs> on the set. Jesus. Yeah. And so the other thing is, is that the, the story says that the AD or assistant director yeah. uh, was the one that handed the gun to Alec Baldwin um, and said that it was, what do they call it? Cold? Sure. Or something like that. N- n- not live, right? Right. Yeah, cold. I forget what the exact term is that they use, but anyway, that told him the gun was safe, but obviously wasn't. Yeah. Um, the other thing that blows my mind is um, I saw an actual armorer um, doing an interview on the news, and, and he was showing like that an actual prop gun you can't put bullets in it; it doesn't accept bullets. So they originally said that a a prop gun was to blame for this accident on the set. Which shouldn't be able to load bullets. But right, yeah, an actual prop gun won't accept bullets. And this guy showed like physically trying to put a bullet into this prop gun and it just doesn't fit. This armorer does look uh trustworthy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's sad, man. That's a mess. Yeah, it's terrible. And like forget forget the fact that there was a, there was just so many things done wrong. Yeah, regardless of regardless of whether or not there were bullets or blanks in the gun, you never point a gun at somebody, right? And even if you needed to point it at the camera, there didn't need to be the cinematographer did not need to be behind the camera. No, you know what I mean. Anyway, it's easy to say all this, you know, now, but. Jeez, it's just so unfortunate. It really is, man. And it's not the first time. No. So for some reason, I was looking at the drops earlier and I saw the Christian Bale ones. And I don't know why, but it made me think about uh, what m- maybe some of the conversations uh, on the set of Rust <laughs> might might be, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. I want you off the fucking set, you prick. Think for one fucking second. Are you professional or not? No, shut the fuck up, Bruce. No! No! Am I gonna walk around and rip your fucking lights down? Then why the fuck are you walking right through? Ah, da-da-da-da, like this in the background. What the fuck is it with you? And I think that maybe some of those statements could have been used with the lack of safety on the set of rust. It's not really a laughing matter, but I, it is kind of funny. I mean, when you when you line it up like that, I yeah. think uh, it's bound for a laugh. Yeah. Are you professional or not? <laughs> you prick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, Christian Bale. Yeah. You crazy man. You yep. crazy. He is crazy, <laughs> but the good kind of crazy. Um, you want to keep talking? Uh, I got, I've got, I've got one more thing to talk about. Let's go at it. Might go for a while. Let's do it. Okay, so I guess first, have you? Did you finish watching Squid Games? 
I'm on the last episode. I can't bring myself to finish it. I will. It's you know, just, it's I, pretty I, predictable. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. I'm not, by the way, I'm not spoiling anything here when I'm, as I'm talking about this. Right. But as you know, but I'm going to explain it to uh, our listeners that there's this thing out there. Okay. So there's a video game out there. I think it's the highest selling video game of all time. GTA five. Right. Um, People have been modding GTA five pretty much since it came out on PC. Even there were people even trying to mod it when it was on PlayStation. Okay. Um, anyway, so one of these mods for GTA five, um, is created for people who do like role play. So there's this whole giant community, um, on streaming services of people who play characters in this world on the world of GTA where it's not like GTA online where you just do whatever you want. There are actually rules. There are police officers like that. These police officers that play GTA role play go through months and months of training before they're allowed to, um, actually go out and police <laughs> i'm not i know it sounds it no, sounds crazy and like you've shown me this before it's truly amazing yeah it sounds crazy but it, i guess the best way i could describe it is is if you you took the world of gta 5 um and then took you know a hundred actors and each actor plays their own character on the server it's a whitelist server which means you have to be approved to play on it so everybody who plays on the server is an experienced role player to a certain degree um and yeah there are rules like you know you can't just walk up to somebody and shoot them you have to initiate some sort of role play that leads to shooting them or whatever right, right. anyway so where i'm going with this is and i'm, I'm sure you everybody listening thinks this is out to lunch but it's super interesting it is and interesting. highly addictive if you start watching it. Being able to go and look through any one of these hundreds of people that are playing at any one given time and see things through their perspective and you know learn about their characters. And some of these characters are extremely deep. Yeah, man. Yeah. The the storylines are and yeah, there's really huge storylines. It's almost like to, for me, in some ways, it's way more interesting than regular TV dramas. So um, with the popularity of Squid Games, um, the developers on this server that I watch called NoPixel um, decided to hold their own <laughs> similar type of games. They call it the Octopus Games. Is obviously. it set in GTA? Yeah. Oh, God. And so what they did is these developers went in and built... Like, you know that that room that they send uh, all the contestants in that has all the different paths? Stairs and shit. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They built that exact room with all the different stairs and going in the different directions. They built all the clothing wow. that everybody was wearing. The, you know, the people in red, the man in black. Yeah. The, the green with the stripes and the numbers. Wow. And they had over 100 people participating where they had a, like over 100 people as uh contestants in the squid game yeah and they had probably another 25 or 30 people doing the, the uh host. the yeah the hosts and then oh. the people in the red 
yeah. And so you, this all happened yesterday. They they, they ran the, the Squid Games or Octopus Games, and it ran for at least six hours. Wow. Yeah. And it, I'm I need to tell you that it was more intense than the show. Wow. Because I you know because I'm I'm I know these some of these characters. Yeah. And I'm watching like so they played that game uh, where you can walk when it's green and you have to stop when it's red or right. when the woman turns around. Yeah. That was one of the most intense fucking things I've ever seen. And not from watching the show, but watching it from the GTA RP perspective, because are you, you know that your character that you're watching is potentially going to win millions of dollars in game, yeah. which it takes a lot of work to earn money in game. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, so you're watching and every time the light goes red, you can see p- the other people and you know, all these characters, like I'm familiar with 90% of the characters wow. um, on GTA RP. And so you see somebody that flinched or whatever, and then they just walk over and plug them <laughs> with, the, with some bullets. Right. <laughs> and so they did six games as well. And uh, it was just super incredible. Um, by the time that this podcast airs, there should be um, a YouTube video that people do that where they collect all the perspectives and edit together nicely. So That's I'll post really cool. a link to it if people want to check it out. But like, I highly encourage people to check it out because not only is it just amazing the work that these developers did in such a short amount of time, but how well they executed it and the stories and like they even had VIPs that were doing hmm. doing all the betting and like. They had the the similar thing where, you know, there was only so many meals to hand out and then they had it where like the lights would go out and they drop a knife in a shank in. Wow. Yeah. It was incredible. Wow. That is super cool. And like we've discussed this before, I'm not big into the video game world, but you got to respect that and like to develop all that shit in just a couple of weeks, like it would take Rockstar months and months and months and months to put something like that together how are they doing is coding yeah they're just they're so passionate about that world you know the gta rp world that there are like these guys aren't doing it as a hobby they're making a living for sure off of doing this development work yeah and so they're constantly adding in new mechanics into the game or new puzzles for different types of heists and Hmm. stuff like that it's it's pretty insane. I was like, I've been watching it for a few years yeah, and I was super blown away at just how well executed the whole squid games thing was. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. You got to have respect for that. The creativity is, is massive in that space. It really is. And I mean, I hate the, the term role play because it immediately makes you think something like these people are losers. Yeah. But in reality, these are just those kids that I actually really hated in high school. Mm. I used to call them dramazoids. <laughs> yeah. The, the drama kids. Yeah. The drama kids. This is what happens. This is now the drama kids have um, grown up yeah. and they have uh, an avenue to, or an outlet to express their drama. And, and entertaining as people, fuck. They're making, there's some of them that are making millions of dollars doing it. Yeah. Definitely. That's super cool. And, there's the the development side of it, which math and 
coding oh, and all like yeah. the it's all linear algebra and sending things to space is fucking insanely cool and then the artistic side to it on the the players part that's it's really interesting shit yeah. i haven't gotten into it personally but i i do appreciate it yeah it's really cool yeah anyway uh hopefully there'll be a link in the description if you want to check it out <laughs> I'll probably watch that because that well, I, that seems really entertaining. I know my uh, my sister and her husband will want to watch it as well, but they Hell wouldn't yeah. want to necessarily sit through the six hours of it. <laughs> you never know. It was awesome. Like, like obviously, I'd watched the show, so I yeah. knew some of the things that were possibly going to happen. But to see how, um, like, they even had this guy who 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 plays like an uh, an old bum. Yeah. In the normally in the game, they made him the old man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And like he played that role of the old man in the green suit, number one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like I mean, and they had somebody that played each of the roles and the characters. So it, it was it was insanely cool. Like Yeah, that's that's highly creative stuff. Yeah. Anyhow. Rock and roll. I think that's a good place to end it. All right. Have a good week. See you guys.